Hi there. Welcome to Shrink Chat. This is the companion show to our main podcast, Terror Talk. My name is Shannon, and I'm joined every week by my friend, Kathy. On this show, we talk about psychology and media and whatever else comes up. It's a bit looser. So hang out and welcome to Shrink Chat. Welcome to Shrink Chat with Shannon and Kathy. Welcome. But just before we were recording, we were talking about we were making plans to go see Candyman when it comes out next week oh, yeah. on August 27th. We're actually going to go to the theater. Theater's a whole different experience. Yeah, I missed so it. We're both going to talk about a couple movies that we have seen in the theater lately. And then I'm really looking forward to seeing, finally, I mean, it's been pushed so many times, finally seeing Candyman in the theater when it opens on August 27th, I'm really, I'm looking forward to it. We have a favorite theater that we go to. We do. <laughs> that is both very afford. It's what it is, is it's value for what it is. You get the really comfy, big leather seats, but you're not paying the top dollar price of having the waiters and waitresses and stuff, which and is when you usually get the better seats. Really good popcorn. Really good popcorn. I usually get the pretzel bites with the cheese. It's so long ago, two years ago. Oh gosh. Since I've been to a movie with Kathy, I've been to a couple movies in the theater recently. Yeah. Very exciting. So we would like to start out today with a little segment we like to call Horror Facts with Girl. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready for this. That one was a little horse. Yeah. We're a little horse today. You're a little horse. I'm a little horse. (laughs) Number one. Mm. This film is about a man pushing through the haze of his PTSD. Okay. Number two. This film served as a major inspiration to the early games in Silent Hill. So the video game franchise. Mm. Number three. I never would have put that together, by the way. Number three. This film features an uncredited Macaulay Culkin who plays Mm -hmm. the son. Number four. The closing legend of the film mentions the testing of a drug named BZ in Vietnam. And number five, in the original screenplay, all of the demons who appear throughout the film were typical biblical demons with horns, wings, uh, cloven hooves, etc. But the director wanted them to be more humanesque, but not quite human. Wow. Amazing. I look forward to the answer. I have no idea. Jacob's Ladder. Oh, that was such a good movie. Remember Macaulay Culkin and that? He was a little boy. I do now. I do now that you say it mm-hmm. vaguely. Yeah, I mean, he's like barely in it. That's really one I, w- I would like to rewatch soon. There's because I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it in years, but it's a good one. It's a really good one for psychology. And I honestly, it might be one of those ones that we could watch for a segment in season four because I like, I haven't watched it from a psychological perspective, which a lot of the movies that we're doing, you know, we just did usual suspects. Mm -hmm. A lot of them, you know, I'm not looking at it from that vantage point because I've now had the training or whatever, but these movies are so old that I haven't seen them since, since, since I knew about it a little bit. That's cool. I'm looking forward to that. I think you have an event of some kind you were going to mention. Let's see what we have this week. (laughs) Fair. This week we have Dark Hour, The Coven Awakens. Oh, my. 
Fancy. So this is... And dare I say, a little bit sexy sounding. Well, it's Dallas-Fort Worth's scariest haunted house. Okay. The Dark Hour, Dark Hour Haunted House returns this fall as the coven awakens in a brand new way. Experience Dark Hour in its scariest form. The 13 coven witches together in one terrifying nightmare. Mm. So they have... Uh, the regular, just kind of like uh, Universal, you can do the regular pass, the VIP experience, or the coven. <laughs> um, looks pretty cool. I don't know. They So if you go to darkhourhauntedhouse.com, okay. uh, if people live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area or they want to travel out there, it uh, looks like um, September and October, you can get your tickets now. They're already on sale. That sounds fun. Looks pretty cool. I mean... I if want to like go to all witches. the things, but of course, I know I have a this job. one would be right up your alley because it's a lot of witch stuff. I know that would be super fun. The thing I wanted to talk about or just announce as a news item, both personally and professionally, and as a side gig, is that the Sundance Film Festival is coming back in January. Last year, we did an all virtual festival that I, those of you who listen to the show regularly and Kathy certainly knows this as I volunteer for the Suntans film festival. And I uh, go out there and do that and have for several years now. And last year it was fully online. And so I was a volunteer from home. I supported in the customer service section of it. That was amazing. This year, what they've done now is I think they've, you know, they got in the zone of, hey, we can actually do this virtually because they had to put all the infrastructure in. You know, the pandemic has really forced every institution, every agency, ev a lot of people, individuals to become savvy with the ways of technology and the mm -hmm. Internet. And so that has actually served a purpose in that we have all jumped leaps and bounds forward, especially institutions and agencies to support that kind of thing, which I see as a positive because now we has a, have it as an option, right. even therapists, right? Now we have telehealth as an option, right. which is great. So now Sundance is going to do a hybrid. So they're going to have both. Nice. So there's going to be in person and there's going to also be online. So those of you who want to participate online and watch movies and support Sundance and buy tickets. You can do that online now without having to go to Park City, Utah, which I think is sweet. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Awesome. More people, more, more eyes on films. And so eyes on films you may never see again. Like there are some films I've seen over the years that I, that I never saw them go anywhere and they were wonderful, mm -hmm. which is heartbreaking, mm -hmm. but I never saw them go anywhere, but that might also be because a lot of them are foreign and they just never made it to the American market. Right. But also places like Shudder and stuff are picking up a lot of those films. So it's just, that's great to me. Yeah, that's Even great. Even if you don't like them, that's I great. I think we're going to see a lot of hybrids of a lot of things moving forward. I mean, not to digress too much, but even... Uh, I'm I'm off teaching this fall, but there's going to be one course that remain out of the three sections of a class. There'll be one that remains online for people who want to stay online or or haven't moved yet, and then two will be on campus. Um, and so I think we're going to start to see that in a lot of different ways. I I just like 
I'd rather it be that than either we move everything online, which I would not be able to exist in that world, or we then move everything back in person and God forbid we go backwards like we have with this Delta or whatever. And uh, then it's all, it's all ruined because there's only one option. And so this also allows people to um, participate in things that they otherwise wouldn't be able to with this online option. So I yeah, think I mean, we're going to see, be seeing hybrids in a lot of stuff. Absolutely. And I, and I embrace the hybrid. I mean, we all know that there are whole institutions that are online only and have been for right. years, a couple decades now. So you can literally get a master's degree online virtually and have been able to for years. But I really like the hybrid idea where institutions like UCLA or USC or any of the state institutions can have that option. Yeah. Now, you've always been able to take online classes. Like I've taken online classes over the years many right. times through UCLA extension programs, but having that option through the main coursework, I think is, I don't think we will long-term, but I think we will through this year while things are still, yeah, we are, we really pride ourselves on not being an online program. Um, but I think at least while this is up in the air, it would be dumb not to. Yeah. It would just be kind of short-sighted you kind of cut your students i, I honestly off, right? think it, i think it's really going to be semester by semester depending on what i mean if we mm-hmm. have to do this next year we will but yeah. i think th- i just think it's nice that we bring this back to sundance that there's an option now for people that or if they're not able-bodied or they're not feeling what they can still participate you know i think that's great yeah it's awesome and so that's amazing about sundance is that you can still participate in it and mm-hmm. i just i just put my a lot of the jobs for me that I've been like the job that I was doing isn't there anymore just because it is they've restructured it a lot. Mm -hmm. So what I I won't go into a lot of details because I'm not really allowed to honestly, but they're they've scaled back the volunteers they're using in person, obviously, to allow for a lot of online volunteers and they've restructured the way they use the volunteers in many departments because there is this just like a lot of institutions did this. They saw it as this is my this is my theory. I don't know from the inside. So don't take this as take this as my opinion. But I believe just institutionally, they took it as an opportunity to restructure a bunch of things like, okay, well, there's a little bunch of change. So here's, it's time to change it up. And this gives us an excuse to do it. So they blended a lot of jobs. So they're going to use less volunteers, which is fine. That means there's less volunteers for them to put up and to deal with and all Mm -hmm. that because we're expensive volunteers are they pay for it. Yeah, like they pay for the use of us it's a lot of times i don't refer to it as volunteering i refer to it as work because i get a lot back it's basically working in trade right i'll be in, i put in my application so we'll Great. see if i get accepted and go but obviously when it comes to that point i'll be i'm going to try to do some on-site stuff for you guys yeah which i haven't been able to do before but it should be fun yeah so that's cool cool so this week we did a buddy watch and that buddy watch was a movie called tremors and it's from 1990 starring kevin bacon here is the description repairman val mckee kevin bacon and earl bassett who was played by Fred Ward are tired of their dull lives in the small desert town of perfection, Nevada, which I love the name of that. But just as the two try to skip town, they happen upon a series of mysterious deaths and concern and a concerned seismologist, Finn Carter studying unnatural readings below the ground. 
with the help of an eccentric couple, Reba McIntyre. I love her in this. Holler, and Michael Gross, who's great too. Yes. So young in this. Oh my gosh. The group fights for survival against a giant worm-like monster is hungry for human flesh. And I will, just before we say anything else about it, I will say that there are a million sequels to this movie and one is pretty recent. Just came yeah. out this year or last year. Anyway, this movie for me is just fun. It's, it's just fun. a lot of fun. It's 1990. It doesn't take itself too seriously. Kevin Bacon is sort of hilarious because he's got an accent and he's sort of dumb. And kind of a mullet. Yeah, kind of a mullet. Uh, it's definitely a throwback to the creature features from uh-huh. back in the day. It's kind of, I mean, there's lots of tropes and stuff, but it's horror and humor. And I, I do I do definitely like when horror and humor are mixed. If it's and done right. Yeah. If it's done right. And I enjoy a creature feature. So whereas it's not the best creature feature and it's certainly not the best horror comedy you've ever seen, but it's a lot of fun and it spawned a bazillion sequels. So people obviously enjoy it. And I do like me some vintage Kevin Bacon. Oh, yeah. I, I, lo- I First of all, the cast is great. Reba's one of... I think it's funny that Reba's... Not that it's funny that Reba's one of the smartest characters, but I think because you have all these dumb guys and then Reba's like, just do this. Yeah, and she's just, um, she's really funny in it and really good. Fred Ward's hilarious and super young, (laughs) but he cracks me up because he and Kevin Bacon are like dumb and dumber through the whole (laughs) thing. totally are. And then if it wasn't for Michael Gross and Reba McIntyre, they probably wouldn't have gotten through the mess because Michael Gross comes in and he's like, all right, guys, enough. Like, let me me handle this. (laughs) Sort of. Um, I mean, they end up having the ideas that sort of save everybody, but- it's dumb and dumber kind of ideas. Right. Cause like Kevin been upon the ideas, Kevin and bacon, uh, Kevin, Kevin and bacon, bacon. <laughs> Kevin bacon and Fred Warder are like, Aches let's just bacon. blow this up over here. But they're like, hold on, just stop, just slow down. Yeah. And the seismologist, the young girl, the love interest. It's yeah. also a love story. It is. Kevin bacon yeah, I and, forgot about and her. the seismologist, a real light love story. Cause in the very beginning of the movie, you know, there's an opening combo where, Fred Ward and Kevin Bacon are kind of like two dudes on the way to work, you know, type Mm -hmm. of thing in the truck. And Kevin is like the shallow guy that just wants the girls to look a particular way. And Fred Ward's the guy that's older and is like, dude, you really got to stop like perseverating on just the way they look. Like if you really want a girlfriend type of thing. And Kevin's like, ah, peace, you know, whatever. Yeah. Really shallow. And then he ends up with this really smart, like, average looking but very cute yes scientist Mm -hmm. and they end up together in the end and so there's a tiny little bit of an arc for kevin's character that's not really paid attention to because you're really looking at the giant worms right but anyway a little bit of a run i would actually say that the effects are still fun to this day too they were super fun because they don't do those type of effects anymore that was all like i don't think stan winston did it but it was very stan winston-esque where Mm -hmm. Lots of robots, lots of animatronics, and that's cool. I miss that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I'm glad you liked watching it because I I chose that one. And yeah, in 2020, there was Tremors, Shrieker Island was the name of it. Probably takes itself too seriously. There, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen it, but plan to. (laughs) But there's a bunch of Tremors movies, and I know that there are some horror files out there that I interact with regularly who love Tremors just as the like campy joy that it is so there you go so what else did you watch uh i watched a movie called blood red sky okay um i saw that that's on netflix i haven't seen it yet it is so it the 
premise is a woman with a mysterious illness is forced into action when a group of terrorists attempt to hijack a transatlantic overnight flight. I have so much to say about this movie because <laughs> there's a part of me that really liked it for whatever was there in the storyline. And then there was a part of me that was like, for it being as long of a running time as it was, there should have been more to the story. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So, um, psychologically and emotionally, the relationship between the mother and son is solid. It's there. And what you find out, I'm not going to give it all away, but you find out early on in the film is that she, cause it, it does these flashbacks, which mm. can be annoying if they're not done right, mm -hmm. but it's done well enough that you clearly know because she's not on a plane during these flashbacks. So it's pretty clear that she gets, she gets bit mm. right mm -hmm. by this. I'm not going to even, I don't want to give too much of it away. Okay. But in order for her to stay alive, she has to feed. Right. Okay. So when she's on the plane, there's these terrorists that end up taking over the plane in order to save her son. She starts to transform into what looks just like the vampires from 30 days of night. Oh. So it has that sort of feeling to it. And when they're in the airport before they get on the plane, this, the little boy befriends this younger man. And, and um, I watched the dubbed version because it's not an American film. So you oh. can either watch it dubbed or you can watch it, you know, with subtitles. Okay. Um, but I think there's parts of the story that are really sweet and really cool. And there's some really great action scenes but it doesn't give you the why. Why are these guys taking over the plane? Why is it over two hours long? Why? I mean, so there were a lot of holes that I think easily could have been fixed if they shortened the film and they just gave a little bit more of a why in the beginning. You would have rooted for them more, but you're just like, okay, so the terrorists kind of come and go and then it's this like ravaged beast of a mother just like, working with everybody to try to get the, and they're like, no, she's on our side. And so it has its moments that are really cool, but a lot of it falls flat for me. So they gave it like a five out of 10. And I would, I'd say like a six out of 10. Okay. Yeah. A little bit better than the average. A little bit. Yeah. Five. Yeah. Six, six and a half out of 10. I mean, it had its moments, but. So the little bit better that you're giving it is because it had those sweet moments. Yeah. And because it had the some gore cool or whatever it had was some fun. Cool moments. Okay, cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right on. I know that it's two hours long and I think know, if it was an hour and a half, it could have been really good. It needed an edit. It needed an like edit. So many. Yeah. I wanted to mention that I saw jungle cruise. Oh, you did in the theater for my birthday. That looks so cute. <laughs> I was asked to pick a birthday movie. And so I picked, cause I wanted something fun. <laughs> mm hmm. I wanted something fun and that would possibly have a nice ending. Like I wanted a feel good situation and I got it because 2021 Jungle Cruise comedy fantasy over two hours long. So I do, you know, all of these really long movies that they made in COVID <laughs> because they're streaming as well. Probably. I don't know. These big high concept movies that are now in the theaters that are over two hours long. Most of them. I mean, we talked about Suicide Squad last week. I prefer to see them in the movie theater because I can tolerate the length of it much better in the movie theater because it's the atmosphere. Yeah. I got popcorn. I can go to the bathroom. Right. I can come back. Totally. I can hang out, whatever. This movie is very popular audience wise and not as popular like critic wise. Mm -hmm. But here's the premise. 
and Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt. I mean, come on. They're awesome. That's like a star. They are both super hilarious. I want to see it in the theater. So fan favorites, Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt are, you know, it's Disney's Jungle Cruise. It's a thrill ride. It's a lot of fun. So Lily travels from London, England to the Amazon jungle and enlists Frank's questionable services to guide her downriver in a ramshackle but charming boat is the way it's described. Lily is determined to uncover an ancient tree with unparalleled healing abilities. And that's all I'll go. There's a lot more to the description, but that's the basic premise. What I will say is I am coming at this from the perspective also of being a lifelong Disneyland goer. And a lifelong Jungle Cruise ride goer. Yeah, for sure. So That's why I want to see it. Yeah. So in the interest of, you know, Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy, which a lot of people don't like. Yeah. And I wasn't all that thrilled with yeah, as far as a right. ride homage. Yeah. I think they can do better and will do better. This is a great homage to Jungle Cruise because... It's a great big action movie with a lot of humor and a lot of fun. So it succeeds as a fun, yeah. you know, great big successful action funny movie. But it also, in especially in that first half hour, you get that f- Jungle Cruise flavor. The nostalgia. Because he's got the ramshackle boat. Yeah, yeah. And at the beginning of the movie, which is not a spoiler, he's, you know, taking tourists on a little on a little ramshackle boat tour of this jungle area. And so they do a lot of the jokes from the Jungle Cruise oh, that's, ride. that's awesome. They do a lot of the things that we are so familiar with yeah. from the Jungle Cruise ride. They take like the best five or six cheesy Lines, jokes. Yeah. And The Rock is doing that. Oh, that's great. And it's hilarious. I want, I've wanted to see it since I saw the preview. So that you get that in the first bit, but then the movie goes in a whole, like it's a whole okay. story. It's a whole big world and story. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun. Cool. Cool. I know that you saw a 2021 movie as well. I did. I went and saw Black Widow in the theater. Nice. And again, I know this is another one of those comic book ones that people have their opinions on. Mm-hmm. But my personal opinion is it's right up there with Black Panther for me. Nice. So Natasha Romanoff, a.k.a. Black Widow, confronts the darker parts of her uh, ledger when a dangerous conspiracy with ties to her past arises. So couple things for me first of all um this is for me the example of a long movie that was totally worth it i was not looking at my watch i was not like why is it this long because i think they did a really good job with the backstory okay um and the cast (laughs) david harbour stranger things hopper was hilarious as the red guardian but my award go, goes to Florence Pugh. Oh. She just stole this movie um, as the sister, Ye- Yelena. Mm-hmm. Um, she was hysterical, but also what I think I really appreciated about this movie that's never been done in an action film before, at least as far as I'm concerned, in an American action film, is the entire, other than the main villain, it was all female. All the fight scenes, Although the widows were obviously under, you know, hypnosis and all of that, I've never seen a movie with so many women in the cast driving the action. Oh, that's amazing. It's really, it was really, really cool to watch. And I, it made me think, I wish I would have had that when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. To see that those type, because Scarlett Johansson and Florence Pugh, and even Rachel Weiss, who plays the mother, 
these are really three strong characters in this film that really lead the action and the the brains of the film looks really great and really fun i haven't been able to see oh my gosh you're gonna if florence Pugh steals it i mean (laughs) she's flipping hilarious and you would never you would think that she was straight out of either the ukraine or russia she's actually from the uk um and you would never know that because her accent is just so on point but i absolutely loved it my friend and i went and saw it of course you've got the popcorn and the big noise and all that that makes it better but really well done and they set it up there's going to be a sequel for sure Mm. yeah that's what i think i'm really looking forward to that that's awesome that's all i got for today yes cool thank you so much for listening this has been an episode of shrink chat my name is shannon and i'm kathy sleep safe everyone We hope you enjoyed this episode of Shrink Chat. If you enjoy what we do here, there are two things you could consider. Subscribing and sharing our episodes on social media and checking out our Patreon page. Don't hesitate to contact us on Twitter, Instagram, or our Facebook page. We upload new episodes of Terror Talk every Wednesday and of Shrink Chat every Friday. Until then, goodbye and have a pleasant tomorrow.